0: Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Red Pill Your HealthCast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz and I'm here with Lauren Johnson, FNP. And we're gonna be talking about mold today where we picked this topic because it's it's everywhere. It's so much, it can be very overwhelming and we hope that the way that we explain it to you lands the way that you need it to. And just to understand that we have to control the controllables, and we have to be aware of something that's affecting so many of us. So I think we should start there, Lauren. What do you think about talking about how common this is?
1: Yeah, I mean, mold is everywhere. You really can't escape it. And that's what leaves so many people just paralyzed in fear. And this is definitely not going to be a we're going to scare you podcast. And you're gonna we're going to talk about all the things that uh, make you really scared of ever seeing mold or water damage in your home. It is something you need to be aware of but you really are not going to be able to escape it. It is in like a hundred percent of federal buildings and in like office buildings. It's in, I think they, they, they estimate 75% of homes. It's probably worse than that. Older homes you would think are worse, but actually newer homes have a lot of issues too. And a lot of that is because of the wood sitting out in the elements and in the rain and growing mold. And no. so even if you're building a home, like it's super hard to stay on top of the builders and make sure that there's no water anywhere while they're, before they drywall it in. Right.
0: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is, you know, we moved to Tennessee a year ago. This is a very booming spot and it's also a very humid spot. Mm-hmm. And so, so many times have I picked up uh, mold and mycotoxins on patients and they live in a home that's no more than a year old, you know, and it's and and I try to have them collect air samples to see if it is their home or if it is their yoga studio, or if it is their library or their church or their gym or their schools. Um, but d- just because you have a new place, as you're saying, don't think that it's not possible to have mold because I see it all the time. There's, there's so much construction going on. And it's getting poured on, and it's not a al- lot. They're not allowing it to dry properly because they're trying to push out homes as fast as they can. And a lot of people who are moving to more conservative states for for obvious reasons, most of those conservative states are very humid, and that's where they're building a ton of homes. And so, uh <laughs> yeah, like Florida,
1: uh, yeah, th- that's going to be an issue. Te-
0: Texas, know. Florida. Tennessee. Even in even
1: in Kentucky where I'm at there the Ohio river valley is just full of mold uh sure. and so there's just no way to avoid it so don't stress about like you 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 are going to have some issue come up in the future where there's you're going to see mold and you're going to have to deal with it if there is water damage um if there is like a like a, a leak currently I do act quick you do want to open up the wall quick and get somebody in there to help because Mold can grow like in 24 to 48 hours. Like it can grow pretty fast.
0: Yeah. And um, another issue with mold on top of that is the symptoms it causes is just insane. The amount of symptoms is literally if I, if we, I'm about to read off a list right now and half a hundred percent of the people listening to this are going to say, oh yeah, that sounds like me. Or, oh yeah, I know someone with something like that. And that's what makes it so difficult is. Western medicine has no clue what to do because when there's so many different symptoms, they don't look for root causes. They look for symptom management and there's no medication for all those symptoms. And so mold is kind of, kind of poo-pooed. Would you say that it's kind of just like put to the wayside?
1: Oh, they totally think it's, it's like wacky. They, 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 they call it quackery and, and they do not think that mold is an issue at all. And it's, it's, the reason is because they don't see the body as connected. Yeah, They don't see that the heart can be connected to the, or the liver can be connected to the skin or the heart and the brain. Like they think of these things as separate systems. And we, yeah. you see that in how they practice, because if you ask a neurologist about anything that is, has to do with anything, but the, the brain and the head, like you're going to get you need to go see your primary care doctor for that, or you need to go see your dermatologist for that. Nothing. They they don't even learn about these things if they're not, if they don't think they're connected. And so the system or the symptoms for mold are just all over the place. So go on with that list.
0: Yeah. So listen to this folks, fatigue, well, that just explained 100% of you guys right yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, weakness, headache, light sensitivity, memory issues, trouble finding words, concentration issues, morning stiffness and joint pain, skin issues, breathing issues, mood issues, chronic cough, vertigo, IBS, red eyes, blurry vision, allergy symptoms, mast cell activation, alopecia, postnasal drip, air hunger, urine urgency, chronic sinus issues, chronic UTIs, and chronic ear infections. That's just a tiny list. And that's pretty much sums up most issues with people.
1: Yeah. And also consider with like babies. So this can be, an, and with children, you're going to see the chronic ear infection, sure, or maybe chronic sinus issues. Or maybe you just have a baby that is reacting to everything, that every food, anything that you try to do, um, they might have reflux. It might be that they don't sleep at all and not every baby that doesn't sleep is going to, this is going to be an issue. So it is, it just depends on the whole picture. What does the rest of the family look like? As far as what does their health look like? What is the, how healthy is mom? Are there, is mom having any symptoms? How are the other children? Do they have eczema and lots of allergies? and asthma, and other things like that. If you have a baby or a child with a lot of yeast issues, like thrush and cradle cap, and then they have eczema and they have, you know, these things add up. And so when we look at the symptoms, it's not just one thing. And it's not just one symptom of a baby or a child or an adult having that symptom. It depends on the whole picture, all of these symptoms together. And then it really depends on the whole family too.
0: Yeah. And really, uh, here's the thing is mold is really easy to get rid of. Truthfully, it's, it's not a hard process to get rid of, but it's the, the toxins that they create, the, the, they release spores. Those spores go everywhere. And in the presence of distress, it tries to survive. And that releases something called a mycotoxin this is what causes all the issues. And this is what is extremely heat resistant and very hard to kill. The mold is not really the issue. It's really these mycotoxins. And so what these mycotoxins are doing in a nutshell, we just list the symptoms, but you got to understand a little bit of what they're actually doing. They're there for defense mechanisms. So anything that's secreted from a microbe or a plant If it's a defense mechanism, it's going to try to shut down your, your defense mechanisms essentially. And so the things that it does best is immediately it tries to shut down your energy uh, production of your cells, which is your mitochondria, which we, we all have talked about mitochondria so much from cancer to autoimmune to literally everything. It's how you repair. If you don't have enough energy production, your body shuts down. So it goes after that immediately. And then it shuts down your phase one, two, and three detox. So it shuts down your liver pathways and it clogs your gallbladder and bile flow. And if you're not producing energy and you don't have adequate detox pathways functioning properly, your system will basically, uh, back up and you will be extremely sick or have the symptoms that we talked about. So that's the mechanism and, the one thing that I'll say, and Lauren, I think you'll agree with me when I say this, it's one of the main, I call it exacerbators or aggravators. It's one of the main aggravators of everything. It just makes everything worse. It makes Lyme come out. It makes Epstein-Barr worse. It makes parasites worse. It makes everything worse. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, yes. 100%. And it's its all about the susceptibility. So like, like I said, we are going to be exposed to it and- Someone, one person in your family might not have as much of an issue. And it they may not be as susceptible based off of their terrain, their body, their you know, their genetics, all that. But if you are somebody that's already struggling with, say you had a tick bite, say you already have some gut issues, then having a mold exposure on top of that, it's just gonna make everything worse and it, it's gonna bring it all up to the surface. Mycotoxins are like, they don't have a smell and they are really hard because you, you see mold, you can smell mold. You can see mold a lot of times, but mycotoxins are really what you have to be more concerned about. I mean, they use mycotoxins for bio, for bioweapons, right? Isn't that what you were saying before this?
0: Yeah. They use the mycotoxin called, uh, tricklethecine from black mold as bioweapons in the military. And, In my membership, I also said this and and what I was saying was, uh, is it really that far fetched that they're doing this? Did we not just witness a bioweapon for the last three years being unleashed on a, on a population? You know, the next one could very well be a fungal infection that goes insane all over the world and, uh, and the mycotoxins, because like you said, Lauren, they're invisible. There's no smell. They're so tiny that they're microscopic and if they're getting into a population and shutting down the mitochondria and the detox pathways, it makes sense why they would use that for a bioweapon, Um, similar to what they did with Lyme a long time ago. If you've ever uh, read the book Bitten, uh, they tried to use ticks to uh, get into populations and try to basically spread Lyme disease. And again, that works very similarly is with the whole mitochondria and detox pathway stuff. So, you know, we're not trying to scare you guys. We're just, this is a podcast that opens your mind to what's possible and what could be happening.
1: And just to know that like, it is worse today than it was 50 years ago. Our homes are different. They are more airtight. So our homes aren't breathing and breathing in a home is a good thing. And so our homes are worse. Our, our, our toxin load is, is much worse. And then we throw in EMFs, which makes mold grow like 600 times more. I think that's what they say 600 times more in the presence of EMFs. So it's, we're just, it's just, it's just going to be an issue, you know? and, And I, one other thing that I, I honestly, I don't know if I knew even when I was learning from my master's level pharmacology course was that antibiotics a lot of times are made from mycotoxins. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, they, uh, if they don't contain mycotoxins, their chemical structure is very similar to a mycotoxin and that all started with penicillin when, when, uh, whatever his name was, uh, basically had bacteria in a sink. Yep. And yeah, you know the story. And and so he, he left the room, he came back and then it was surrounded by like a green algae fungus and from the windowsill. And, and he, you know, his theory was that fungus can stop bacterial growth. Well, here's the issue with that. What else is bacteria in origin? Our mitochondria. Oh. And so again, that's shutting that down. But that also begs the question of, so what are antibiotics do? They shut down your mitochondria. And, and as Lauren and I always say, there's a time and place. Yeah. They, they can be medical miracles, but what we've done is now another, um, I don't even know what to call it. Just a disaster essentially that is making us sicker because as Lauren has just said, what is it's all about how much toxins are in your cup. Is your cup overfilling? That's why it's just as important to detox daily as it is to brush your teeth. It should be one in the same. That's what we need to start looking at it. And the people who eat right, think right, exercise, right, do all the stuff will always do better than the people who will just blame it on genetics.
1: Yeah. And I I do think, you know, detox daily, we, I want to start there, but also think about like preventing the exposure to begin with. So like being aware of, Hey, there is mold right there. We need to actually take it seriously. And to prevent exposures of other toxic chemicals that just compa- like just make the problem worse and it, it, they've found they have found all of these chemicals that we use today that they didn't have 50 60 70 years ago they have found these in our dust in our homes and how often are we breathing that in and that's why one of the things that you can do to help with um, if you have mold or if you suspect mold or even just to be on top of things is to dust regularly and to vacuum with a HEPA filter regularly because it does help to get it all up and to have an air purifier in the home. These all these things make a big difference if we're lowering our exposure to begin with. Yeah. Um, I also think letting you know opening the doors and windows every now and then and letting the home breathe a little bit. I don't don't do that right now if you're in the Northeast because man, that air quality is not so good right now,
0: yeah, that that is another unfortunate thing happening. yeah, um but like you said, we we need to control the controllables. We can't control our libraries, our schools, our churches, our gyms. We can't control those but what we control is our immediate home and the air in there and things like that. So I have five air doctors running in my house. I'm yeah. sure you have a ton of air doctors too.
1: Gosh, I don't even know how many I have. I, it might be six or seven. Uh, yeah. cause I have one in every room and almost, I think almost every room. Uh, but it, it definitely, it makes a difference. I've had so many messages this last month. I had so many messages of, I'm so thankful we got it. Our allergies got so much better. Our, our the, this nighttime cough that was just never going away. It got better things like that, that just really can really improve with a good air purifier in the home. And in the bedrooms, I always say prioritize the bedrooms and then I, cause I know there, I know these things are expensive and so yeah. prioritize the bedrooms and then rotate, like say you could just get one. Okay. We'll rotate it into different rooms or try to get two: one for the bedroom. And then you rotate it between bedrooms and then one for the main area it it does make a difference. It doesn't seem like it will, but it, it it does help.
0: Yeah, it does. It they collect the spores, and so it's it makes it harder for the spores to spread. It will not kill mycotoxins.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, right now, I was telling Lauren before we got on this podcast. Um, I just got products in today from a really cool company in Nashville that has a product that actually kills mycotoxins and then prevents mycotoxins in the future. And they also are, uh, they have teamed up with a lab that, um, actually has the first that I know of, I, I haven't seen this anywhere else, uh, air test in your home for mycotoxins because every test that you do is actually just for mold. It does not tell you how much mycotoxins is in, is in your area. And so I'm really excited about that, but like everything else, I need to test it, the product on patients to make sure that, uh, that. Uh, clinically it matches up to the great science they have behind the product. So in future episodes, um, I'm sure that we'll bring that back up, uh, if it passes all the tests, but it seems very promising so far.
1: And I do want to say something that you said, you mentioned air a couple times. So testing the air for mycotoxins is different than what I would say to have your home tested hmm. for mold. Typically, you're going to want to test like surfaces and um and dust and all and it's so typically it's an Ermi or an Emma, but even that, you can have things not necessarily be picked up. And so you really you need somebody in there that can come in and actually take a look at things like a mold inspector. But here's the problem. Most mold people are not very good at t- looking for mold, right? Yeah.
0: They're not very literate in mold, even the the irony of it, it's, uh,
1: and that the- makes it hard to convince. Like I'm, I'm, I know that makes it hard to convince some people who are just not convinced it's an issue,
0: yep. but
1: it is like a lot of these mold inspectors will come in and they'll use those uh, thermography, isn't that way, or the heat, the heat, the heat guns, yeah, um,
0: heat signal stuff
1: saying okay this is what it is the infrared camera and the moisture meter well the problem is with that is that they aren't like if it, it's if the water leak was two years ago it's not going to detect that it's not going to have oh you're you're fine your moisture meter is fine well that doesn't matter now we don't have moisture right now we need we need to know if we have mold right now and so they will test air samples a lot of times and again the mold doesn't always live there now mycotoxins might, but the mold doesn't always live there. And so you really want to, I don't know. Do you have a specific company or like type of company you recommend for mold testing for your home?
0: The the best experience that I ever had was in California. When we lived in Laguna beach, we lived um, across the street from the beach. And so very, very mold uh, heavy area. And so We were renting and this is when, uh, my wife got pregnant the first time and I knew there was mold in the place. I, when we moved in, in the first three months, I started getting allergy symptoms, but I was, you know, 20, 28 years old living on the beach in Laguna beach, California. It was the life. It was awesome. We had so much fun. But then when she got pregnant, uh, I'm like, okay, you know, this is a year and a half later, um, we have to do something about this. So I told the landlord, Hey, I grew mold in a Petri dish. Uh, Let's get this checked out. So he went and called a standard company. The company said, Oh yeah, the spore count inside is the same count as the spore count outside. I'm like, okay, well that's garbage. So then I went and got um, called a company that I would recommend my patients to use called the mold guy, Inc. They're out of California. They came and found four species of mold uh, in our apartment. And when I, when I told the landlord, he didn't care. They did not care. They're like, Oh, it's, you know, that, uh, that could have grown since the people came in. It was like two week difference, you know, it just, so we ended up leaving. But if you look up the mold guy, Inc, whatever company in your area mimics closest to that, that would be what I would suggest. I've been trying to find companies that use mold smelling dogs. I haven't been able to find one. Um, because I've seen people who are really mold sensitive, be able to sniff out mold in a house in like 30 seconds. Oh, they're like, called
1: the canary in the coal mine. Like they elderly. are the ones who can go in a home and they really, they put themselves at risk by, by testing other people's homes, but they can go yeah. in and detect it. Cause they, they, they feel a difference.
0: And they, they are so spot on that if, if a human can do that, a dog sense of smell is 10 oh, times yeah. better. So I've been trying to find dog companies that will do it. I've had no luck
1: yeah I, it's it's hard. I will say, and I, you know, I'm not like the number one expert in any of this or I don't think anyone should say that about pretty much anything. but I will say that Dr. Jill Krista has done a lot of work on mold and she wrote a book called Break the mold and she says for mold inspectors, the credentials to look for are b b e c. I'll put these in the show notes a c, a c and i i c r c. I'll put the words of what they mean. In the show notes, but basically those are the credentials she says to look for. I still would call and ask, like, how long (laughs) does a typical inspection take? It should not take just 30 minutes. You Mm -hmm. cannot find mold in just 30 minutes. They need to be in your home looking in different areas and really searching deep um, for you to for them to say that there's no mold.
0: So I think it's safe to say that we need to identify the source. Yeah, Uh, We have to get rid of the source or get out of the source.
1: Yeah. Um, A lot of times people will feel better if they, if they go somewhere for two weeks and like, they notice a lot of their symptoms improve their pots improves their, their energy levels improve. And it's not just the fact that they're on vacation. It's like things just feel different. They're sleeping better. It is insomnia is so big with mold. That is one of the biggest and it's histamine at night. And it's just so much of that's an issue there, but if you notice that you feel better when you're not in your home, then that's a good sign that you might want to look deeper.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, all right. So let's talk about what can people do that they say they know they have mycotoxin or mold toxicity. So the best way that I have found to know if you are being affected by mycotoxins is to do a urine analysis. Uh, I like Vibrant Wellness. There's Great Plains. They both are very similar. I tend to go towards Vibrant Wellness for whatever reason. Um, But the best way to know if you're being affected is through that. So you always want to test, in my opinion, you test the body first because the mold could be, like I said, in a public building that you keep going to. And so if you're like, okay, well, I feel like I have mycotoxins, but my home tested clean, it does not mean that you are not being affected by mycotoxins. It, did I make sense with that? Does that make sense, yeah. Lauren?
1: Oh, yeah. Because it. I mean, so commonly it's at schools or that at their yep. place of work where you're at 40 hours a week. And so that definitely makes a difference.
0: So what do you like to do if there is confirmed mycotoxin, people know they're being affected by mold besides the whole remediation, get out of it in that. What can people do, um, to get started?
1: A couple things I like, I really like scutellaria supreme because yeah. it is anti yeast, antifungal, but it, it, it increases glutathione. It is one of the herbs and super gentle too. So like everyone tolerates it yep. there. I mean, and if you don't, there there's, I mean, obviously there are people who aren't going to, but it is one that is most people will tolerate. Um, I love B propolis and I didn't say what you said earlier about why B propolis is helpful for mold. I just knew it was anti-mold.
0: <laughs> Cause B propolis is uh, essentially what they use to line the hives to stop fungus and mold from growing from uh, basically dissolving or killing the hive.
1: Isn't that amazing? I mean, like yeah. how they have that innate intelligence that they yeah. were given to keep their home safe. And I, I just, I love that. Uh, So B-propolis, so I have like, i love the, the throat sprays. That's great. Um, But also I have a B-propolis diffuser in my girl's bedroom that will just continually emit B-propolis in the, in the air. And so I do think those two things are helpful. Of course, I also think, you know, an air purifier and then um, supporting methylation binding. What is your go-to's?
0: So, uh, like you, I, I say scutellaria um, one because of the glutathione, which helps repair the blood brain barrier glutathione
1: uh, without actually giving glutathione. Can we talk about that for a quick second? Because increasing glutathione skullcap does, Yeah. but sometimes giving glutathione to a person with mold isn't the best thing, right?
0: Yeah, it could be. I mean, glutathione is really strong. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the times that I use glutathione the most is when my daughter goes swimming in a chlorine pool.
1: But that's like a one time, like, or like a yep. once a week or twice a week or something like that. That's not a daily yep. thing. And I know that a lot of functional med docs will use glutathione a lot. Yeah. And it, I will say, cause it increases glutamate, which glutamate, it can already be an issue with mold people. And so, and that's in a very excitatory neurot- neurotransmitter. Yeah. And so that's something that you just want to consider how you feel. I, I like glutathione. I have it in my home, but it is more of a, like an acute thing. So like when the Ohio spill happened, yes. having that, you know, on at home, just in case we needed it or when, uh, or with the wildfires, uh, you know, it's with smoke exposure or sm- smoke inhalation, things like that for acute things or swimming pool, but not necessarily for a daily thing. Yeah.
0: It's, it's almost like the holistic version of antibiotics. Like you, (laughs) like you use it in times of emergency.
1: Yeah. I mean, so many just like, Oh, just put glutathione on it. And it's like, it is, it is the master antioxidant. It's super important. There's so many things that in the effect glutathione in the body, but we also know that like it, it's not necessarily the best thing to supplement and there are ways to increase it in the body without necessarily taking it in its direct form.
0: Yep. I agree. Um, and so beyond that, uh, is a TH one promoter, which is how you fight off fungus in general. Uh, and then one more that I'll add is you and I were talking about is black cumin oil. Oh yeah anti everything, especially mold and fungal. Uh, it also will break down biofilms of mold, which is another big thing because of the thymoquinone in it. And the thymoquinone also crosses over the blood brain barrier and gets to mold affecting your brain, which is a very, very crucial thing. Uh, there was a small study. I can't off the top of my head. I think it was 2015. It wasn't a very large study, but it was like 20 people uh or between 15 and 20 people. And it was everyone had passed away from Alzheimer's and they did an autopsy and a hundred percent of them had mold in their brains.
1: It is something that people really need to understand with neurodegenerative disorders. Oh, yeah. They they must be they must consider mold. And that's hard. I know considering mold is an expensive thing because when you know, even to just move, okay, say you're not going to remediate, say there's no act. you can't see any mold, you can sell your home, you can move, that's still expensive. And I get that it's not accessible to everybody. But with a neurodegenerative disorder diagnosis, it is super important to at least consider it, especially if you want to be able to stop it.
0: Yeah. And um, on top of those, I always test binders. And so the three binders that I will test are Takasumi Supreme, Biotoxin Binder from Cellcore and Smilax Supreme. Now, here's what I'll say about each of those three. Takasumi is very, very good. It's also a, uh, a trace mineral uh, product, but it also absorbs EMF. Yeah. And so that's kind of a two for one right there. Um, if you know you have autoimmune issues... Then Smilax could be really good because Smilax is a mycotoxin and an endotoxin binder that has been really, really good for, um, autoimmune conditions. And then biotoxin binder is kind of my alternative to Takasumi. Uh, it has broccoli sprout in there, which also increases glutathione. Um, it has yucca root, which is a really good binder and it has molybdenum, which is really good for the liver and chemical sensitivities. So those are my top three. Do you have any other binders that you enjoy using?
1: Uh, you know, the cell core people would say Carboxy, but yeah, I would strong. say, I would say watch out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not saying there's no one's ever had some good results with some of those things, but um, I really love biotoxin binder. It is, it's much much, much gentler,
0: much it's gentler so- than Carboxy.
1: It is. It helps with ammonia, like it's yeah. just, um, which is a big problem too. So it's like, oh, it just it gets it at several angles. Um, but I I would say the two that I use most in my home are biotoxin Binder and Toxumi Binder.
0: Yeah, I. am cream. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent agreeing with you on that. Same in my household. Um, and then the other things that I I had written down was it goes along the same lines as like, you got to reduce your toxin load. So we all know parasites will hold mold in mold will make parasites worse. It's kind of like a vicious cycle. And so, what, so when you're
1: saying that, let's just say, if you're, if you know, mold's an issue or say, you know, Lyme's an issue, you want to start with parasites still, right? Like that is, that's, we've talked about that before. We have a podcast on it, yep. but I want to make sure I'm saying that again, in case you're new here, like. We don't just I don't just go after heavy metals, I don't just go after lime, I don't just go after, right after mold. I start with parasites because parasites hold it all in.
0: Yeah. And and the nice thing about the products that we talk about is they are broad spectrum. Yeah. So like when we talk about Malia Supreme for parasites, that also kills fungus. That also kills bacteria, kills viruses. When we talk about um black walnut. Black walnut is very anti-lime. It's very anti-parasitic. It's anti-bacterial. Um, we just talked about skullcap. We talked about it for fungus, but it's also very anti-Epstein-Barr. It's also very anti-spirochete, which is lime. Um, so these, these herbs do multiple things at once, which is the magic of them. Um, and then basically why I brought that up was when you kill infections, when you get rid of toxic microbes you enhance your methylation. When you enhance your methylation, you enhance your glutathione production. And when you enhance your glutathione production, now you're more adaptable to mold. And, and that is a big deal. We need to be adaptable human beings uh, and killing infection in, in, to increase your methylation uh, is one of the biggest things that we can do. And Lauren, you talked about the HLA-DR gene uh, mm-hmm. that uh, at the beginning, which they say 25% of the population has now how the, the stuff that I have found besides going after microbes and stuff that we just said, the two things that I have found to do are increase methylation and increase your, um, vitamin D receptors. So Lauren and I have talked about methylation in a whole nother, uh, podcast. And for this one, I'll highlight Regenerzyme Heart uh, because it also helps the mitochondria. And what does mold do? It shuts down the mitochondria. Um, and then one other one, uh, well, with the VDR was vitamin ADK, which we've yeah, talked okay. about as well.
1: Which there's a lot of, We I feel like doing a deep dive on vitamin D might be a good episode because I my opinion on it has shifted up and down over the, the years. And it is something that, is contested in the holistic community. A lot of people will say, well, vitamin D supplements aren't good for you. Right. And so as you know, I think, especially in a mold situation, we're talking about a little bit different situation, right?
0: Yeah. And I, like you have changed between, yeah, everyone needs vitamin D, uh, D to No, it's a hormone. We shouldn't supplement it. And now I'm back on the train of we absolutely need vitamin D, so I think that would be a really good episode for us to do.
1: Yeah, and and it's like we okay. So some people will say, "Why didn't we need vitamin D fifty years ago?" Well, a lot our gu- everything's just not the same. Our gut isn't absorbing those fatty, you know, those yep. fatty vitamins anymore, and or converting it, and and our liver's not converting it, and you know, so it's it it is. But you got to have it with. The A and K. You can't just, and that's why we like cod liver oil too, not mm-hmm. at the same time, but as that's a whole food form of A and D.
0: Yeah. Cod liver oil for the longest time was my favorite, uh, but I'm starting to see that K has to be yeah. present. Yeah. And it, that's not in cod liver oil. So, um and then one other here's a, a biohack, even though I like hate saying the word biohack, is mushroom blends. So Reishi Supreme or Myco Immunity from Host Defense actually makes the regenerzyme heart nutrients work better and get it, get the and the CoQ10 further into the mitochondria more efficiently.
1: So oh, you mean you can use a reishi mushroom for mold?
0: That's right. Good mushrooms kill the bad mushrooms. Yeah,
1: there you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And I also, I didn't mention this earlier, but um, we, we, we might've mentioned it with the sinus issues, but- mm. If you are somebody that is sensitive and or you know that you have it in your home, cleaning out your nose and sinuses can be really helpful uh, for sinus issues. And so or using Xlear nasal spray, because that has um, things that will kill it. I'm I'm blanking on the
0: ingredients. What is it? Xylitol? Xylitol. Xylitol.
1: (laughs) Is it grapefruit
0: seed extract or
1: no? Grapefruit seed extract, volatile and distilled water. That's what it is. Um, They actually do have one that has a decongestant in it too. Don't use that daily. But mm. um, I like the one that's just the plain one with those three things. Some will use a silver uh, nose spray. I wouldn't like to use that daily, but I do think that it could be helpful in acute circumstances. And then, or some essential oil nose sprays, diffusing, actually diffusing time thieves mm. is it and there's a, there's a few other oils that are um anti-mold as well
0: i i diffuse black cumin oil
1: yeah there you go yeah, you there can
0: diffuse it straight up too so and that's yes, uh, gonna smell yummy <laughs> yeah it smells like tacos
1: yeah <laughs> uh, um, but i do i do there are those things we we diminish those little things like cleaning out the sinuses but they really do make a difference because mold and yeast, fungus, they'll they'll, sit, they'll get in your sinuses and set in and cause a bunch of issues.
0: Yeah. Similar to what we said, like most sinus issues are really fungal derived and they give antibiotics, which are mycotoxins, which <laughs> might kill in the beginning and you feel better, but it'll never go away. And that's why they're chronic.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. I think we kind of um, talked about everything. Is there anything else that you want to say before?
1: I don't I don't think we missed anything. I think this uh, one was a little bit faster, hopefully. Oh, if you do get out and your belongings, this is, I, I did want to mention this. Your belongings can still be an issue. And so, or once you've remediated, they can still be an issue and they get in. It's more of like the fabric type stuff where they get in, they they soak in. And so I, I did hear a really good tip and I, I thought this was helpful. Get a storage unit, put all of your belongings in your storage unit and go live somewhere else for like a week or two. Go, go hang out and read a book on the couch in your storage unit. See how you feel those next few days. If you feel bad after that, then you, you're you probably reacting to that. I do think that typically like, you know, hard surfaces are going to be fine to take with you, but or to keep, but, and then there are ways to clean it. EC3 is a good mold uh, laundry additive and they have like other, uh, you know, different cleaning things. I'll link it in the show notes, but that is a good thing to have on hand, but your belongings can still be an issue after you've remediated.
0: Yeah. I I totally agree with that. Um, Also your bed and your pillows. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's 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 a big big one. one
0: I've heard that you should replace your mattress every five to seven years because of the fungus that grows into your mattress, which is just disgusting to think about. Uh, um, Another thing that, as you were saying that came to my head, two very cool things that we use in our home. One is a humidity monitor.
1: Oh, I meant to mention that. Yes. Yeah. And so you
0: want your humidity below 50% in your home at all times. um, But
1: you do want it. At least forty ish, because yeah. um, you don't want it super low either. That's not good either. And so forty to fifty is typically where I, I like it to be. And then yes. you can get a dehumidifier in the summertime, which is something that you might need to do. Yep. Um, and then in the wintertime, typically, if like especially if you have like coughs or something, and you want to use a humidifier, just keep that. Hy- I think it's a hygrometer next to you know next to it or near it in the same room, so that you know where it's at.
0: And just make sure that if you're using dehumidifiers and humidifiers, to check those for mold growth too over time.
1: Yeah, I have one that's a stainless steel humidifier cool. that I that is it has been perfectly fine. It's called a CarePod. I'll link it. But the dehumidifier, it is hard because you you're collecting all this water, and so you do need to keep stay on top of it.
0: So we'll link a um, a humidity monitor. We will use the Accurite one. And then also one thing we put under all of our sinks is water drip monitors. So if it starts dripping, it starts making a siren noise and uh, it's actually worked so far. It started ringing one time and we had a little drip in our sink under our bathroom and I never check under there. So, you know, that can really uh, be a really good investment to know if there, you know, becomes a very obvious leak uh, under your sinks and places that you don't normally check. So
1: yeah, I, um, I put them under our dishwasher. I feel like the yeah. dishwasher is one of those places that, you know, it's just going to leak.
0: <laughs> yeah. And all no. those appliances, refrigerators, those yeah. are all EMF and mold grows in EMF and there's water with them in the freezers, the ice maker, you got your dishwashers, your laundry is a huge unit, AC HVAC. Um, totally. So yeah, uh, we don't want to scare you, but this is just kind of...
1: Keep your furnace, get it checked, uh, you know, get it cleaned. Um, You know, that is something that you see a lot of people get more symptoms in the winter time as soon as they turn their furnace back on or in their... Sorry, it's usually like late fall, but either way, like get that checked and get it cleaned every year. And so hopefully that won't happen.
0: Yeah. All right. What's your favorite two sentences you like to read at the end of every show?
1: Oh, yeah. This is not meant to be medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider before changing anything.
0: All right, folks, always a pleasure and we'll see you on the next one.